Welcome back to Behind the Veil, a show that provides insight into the world of weddings. My name is Keith Willard. I'm the host and creator of the show, as well as an event planner here in South Florida. Today, we are celebrating our 30th episode on our YouTube channel and our 10th episode on our brand new podcast. So it's only fitting that I have actually one of our favorite guests ever, uh, Megan Ely, but we'll talk more about her in just a second. Um, I just I just want to actually talk a little bit about the show and the fact that over the last 30 episodes, we have covered a ton of wedding subjects. I mean, we've talked about mental health, contracts, estate planning, the do's and don'ts. We've had incredible guests. We've even talked about IVF and reproduction and all of it. Every time I think that we have covered it all, something else pops up. And I'm excited to announce that the future also can, continues to have these incredible guests because we do have a reporter from the New York Times. We have the CA, uh, CFO of All Seated. We have the owner of, a, of the largest wedding expo companies in the world. All of these guests are going to be on Behind the Veil between now and the end of the year. Oh, it's jam-packed, so I hope you um, join us every Tuesday at 2 o'clock because it's incredible. And I'm, I'm just so excited, honestly, because we wouldn't be where we are today without you guys out there watching this show every week. I mean, the fact that David Caruso's episode has 6,000 views on YouTube just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that has made up um, this show a success. And part of that success, obviously, is our Behind the Veil crew. Obviously, Marcy Gutenberg, with an affair to remember, has been with us since the beginning. Marcy, I can't believe it. It's our 30th episode. What? This is just so exciting that we have so many great viewers and they're out there listening to you and us. It's just the, the information has been endless. I know. And, and, you know, it was originally we were just, you know, a Zoom call between planners talking back and forth. And the fact that we've expanded it to include so many guests and so many different subjects has just been incredible. So I'm, I'm and you've been with us since the very beginning. And I'm so very excited beginning. about moving forward. Um, next is Tyler Black with Cache Events. Hi, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, Tyler. You, you look great for somebody that's, uh, you know, recovering. <laughs> Thank you. I'm always recovering from something. <laughs> I'm just saying your voice is all deep and sexy today, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very. <laughs> I think and I got course, congested on a flight. <laughs> on oh well, fingers crossed. I know that but there's um, no there's no COVID. I've already been tested. I, I was about to say because you know yeah. now testing has become just part of our routine. And then yeah. of course Brooke Logan Stoner. Hello, Brooke. Salutations, Max. How is everybody? It's good. Oh, look Hi, at Brooke. your eyes. Oh, you've got it going on today with the eyes. I'm in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) We're getting green today. Right, as we can tell. So, guys, again, I can't believe it's our 30th episode, and um, I'm even more excited about our guest because she is actually a fan favorite. She's one of my favorite. It's Megan Ely with OFD Consulting. Megan, it is great to have you back with us. Oh, Oh, yay. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me back. Happy and congrats on your 30th. That's amazing. It really is. And honestly, I was, and I did a little pre-show on Facebook Live talking about just the the influence that you've had on me personally. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that, um, you know, I've now been in New York Times, well, New York Times is this weekend, by the way, FYI for anybody Exciting. watching. Um, you know, US News, World and Report, Parade Magazine, all of this is because okay. of the stuff that you shared on the, literally on this show. 
And it, it is. You're making us famous, gal. I know, I know. It's going to be impossible to be with before I know it. I know. <laughs> All no, the no, no. New York Times. And- <laughs> but it, no, but it's mind blowing because I, you know, it's it's all this information that you just provided free. That you just said, look, this is stuff that's out there. If you have the time and and some intuition and some ability to do some writing, get out there and do this. And you know, the very first thing I want to bring up is Haro. You know, help a reporter out. Yes. I mean. I think this is the most underused like mm-hmm. resource that is out there. Oh, Can absolutely. you tell everybody a little bit about Haro? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Haro uh, is Help a Reporter Out. And essentially it was created by Peter Shankman, who is a major publicity God to a lot of people, including myself. And he created this many, many years ago. Uh, it's gone through a few owners' hands at this point, but it basically said everyone's an expert right? We are all experts at something. And so the way it worked was you sign up for free. There are paid subscriptions, which I can answer questions on that too, which I'm a part of, but you know, you can do it for free and you sign up. And then so Monday through Friday, three times a day, uh, with the exception of holidays, you get these emails and it's anywhere, Keith, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's anywhere between 20 and like a hundred presses. It's journalists already working on Things. So instead of, because we've talked before about, and you can, you can go and research writers and pitch them ideas. And that is absolutely a viable way to do it. But if you're really right. newer to the site of things, and that's a great example of you joining here, and maybe right. it made more sense to be productive this way to do it this way, you get from parade. You get from, sometimes it's anonymous. And then later you find out the New York, it's the New York times, which is a wonderful surprise. Um, you always wanted to go in that yeah. direction. And it, they will literally say, I'm working like, parade, right? I know because I, right. I worked with the writer directly on that one, but you worked through Hara with that, which is amazing. And the, you know, she said, I wanted trends or I wanted this, or I wanted that. And then she'll literally say, this is exactly what I need from you. And your job is literally say, this is who I am. Here's my exact answers. You make sure you're robust at it, which Keith, I know you've since joined the collective and I know you're very yeah. good at responding to. And from there, it, you know, you will find out it, you, potentially if you get published and um, it's free. I mean, there are paid versions and things like that, but it's a great free resource for those dipping their toes into that. I mean, the New York Times, it's crazy. It's great. I mean, and and that and it's actually one of three articles that are coming out. By the way, no, that I, deserves I, a hair flip. I know. Am like, I right? right? So you know, and it's so funny because I, because I've learned a lot going through this process because yeah. you know, obviously, I think Hara was actually the best way to kind of get an idea of what PR is, how to get in front of people, what the pitches work, what pitches don't. You know, and a lot of times you don't even know your stuff is being produced because honestly, reporters are really busy. And so sometimes you like do a search and all of a sudden, you know, a new article pops up. Like I just like moving.com recently had something yeah. where I like said a little something on it, but all that stuff counts. And, and I, I think I pay like $19 a month because, you know, it allows you to, to do like one, ask one thing like for behind mm-hmm. the veil. I did it. So that way I can like ask. Oh, that's great. Absolutely. But but you can do a lot with the free and yeah. yeah, no. And to your point, yes. I mean, it's up to you to track what's been picked up. I think I've mentioned this before, but for anyone listening, talk Walker alert, it's a free alert system. Put your yes. name in there and your name will pop up when new stuff comes in. Oftentimes I scoop the writer and let them know that something's gone live, which is, just, that's the relationship we have with them at this point. But it's, you know, it's a lot of work to keep up with that sometimes. So yeah, a little bit of heavy lifting on, on that side, but it's worth it. Well, I have to tell you that the three times a day and having to read like 
quickly scan. I've gotten to be a, a, a master when it comes to scanning those subjects. Oh, good. It takes, <laughs> it takes yeah. a little time to, you know, go through it. And actually, I think I would, and, you know, we've had Dr. Tanya Paradas on here, who is a psychologist, mm-hmm. and I've actually forwarded her a bunch of, like, articles that she mm-hmm. started doing. So she's been published now. Awesome. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It, it's really a community builder, and I, mm-hmm. and, I and I love that for a show like this. Uh, but let me go back because I, I just basically said Megan Ely with OFD, OFD you know, <laughs> consulting, and I didn't really even talk about you or. That's your- okay. You don't have to. I've already been on. <laughs> I no, just want to gang now. You're literally one of the top consulting businesses in the country that is literally wedding focused, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, well, I, I, I've heard that. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to be my own publicist. Um, we we are one of very few out there, and I would contend we're we're up there. And I'm proud of the work that we do and the people we represent. That's very that's like a publicist answer, isn't it? <laughs> it, really, it, it really is. But you know, I I talked so much on the last show that I wanted to actually open it up to our behind the veil crew to talk about because mm-hmm. you know each of these guys are an owner of a small business. Marcy is obviously an affair to remember by Marcy, which is an Im- invitation store, mm-hmm. invitation company, and and uh, Tyler Black obviously is the owner of Cache Events. You know, do you guys have some like beginner questions that maybe some of our our listeners out there would want to ask? That you're like, you know, I'm just into this world of PR. You know, what are some great first steps? Let's just start that. What are some great first steps for a brand new business or somebody that's just dipping their toe? Besides, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first thing, first, it it doesn't hurt. Okay, this is going to sound a little bit boring. It's like, (laughs) oh, this isn't the sexy, sexy part of PR. No, it's not the sexy part of PR because they they want me to say, oh, you pitched the New York Times, of course. But no. First and foremost, you need to talk about your goals here. And, and Keith, I know that's something you've thought about too. It's if you're new and starting out, um, really any part of being a small business owner, you only have 24 hours in a day. And if anyone can figure out how to do that otherwise, let me know. I'm always looking to increase. And you know, you have to be able to be very careful with your time, no matter what, especially during the pandemic. And so what do you want? What would make this successful? What has to happen? in order for this to be a success. What has to happen, and of course you might see New York Times, but you can be a little more, you don't have to be as granular as that. You can say, well, you know, I want to be able to impress the couples that come to my site. I want to be able to take certain weddings and get them published so that people see me and potentially hire me. Uh, All sorts of different reasonings. I want to build eventually a diverse revenue stream in the B2B market and be an educator. And I want that. So you've just got to ask what has to happen for this to be a success. Is it for SEO purposes? Is it for impressing people when they come and say, as seen in all of these amazing places, including moving.com or whatever? <laughs> no, right, I think right. no, moving.com is great for SEO. So I think that's wonderful. And uh, you've got to start there. What has to happen to be a success? And really, I find it's human nature. We're going to go after things that are easier to execute. I mean, I think that's just even the most hardest working persons that so it is. What are your strengths? Is it speaking? Is it writing? Keith, I'm going to embarrass you for a second, but like, you're a very good writer. Like now that you've joined the collective and I've intimately gotten to see 
your responses to things, you're clearly a good writer. Not everyone is good as writer as you. And so if their strength is in a different area where they're better suited, you know, you got to figure out those things early. And right. what's your area of expertise? I mean, anyone can say weddings. Well, that's great. But what aspects of wedding plan? Like what parts of it? Some people are amazing at dealing with all the family parts of it, which you may not think is something. Um, right. Maybe they want to stay with decor and style, like the design, maybe it's destination. So really get to the nitty gritty of that and set yourself some goals up from there. Um, and then from there, you just really just make sure your website, I'll leave this because I, I want more questions here. I'll leave it at this, but <laughs> you also want to take a few minutes to make sure that your website is up to snuff because anytime you're putting money into or time into PR, advertising, yeah. marketing, I don't care what it is, you're sending people to your site. And I would probably say Instagram, right? For the most part. I mean, fight me on that because it could be Facebook or YouTube, but She's those are the main ones. Yeah, no, no, fight me. All the way in Richmond here. I'm such a baby. You'd win. <laughs> From that. But you want to make sure that your site's where you want it to be because Keith, what if, I'm going to put this on you for a second. What if yeah. you get all these great things popping up, but then your site was a hot mess express? You know what I mean? Oh, like God. people would go to the yeah. site and it wouldn't convert. So why did you do it? You know? And so for right. me, when I know I have big podcasts coming out, even for OFT consulting, I make sure that my bio is up to date. All my contact information's there. Um, for you guys, a lot of you on the B2C side, it's going to be, I make sure my portfolio, my press page for me, it's more my press page awards, bios, like all the, you know, B2B stuff. But just those are the few steps to get you started. It sounds like a lot, but really it's sitting yourself down with a cup of coffee or whatever your poison, not wine. Cause then you come well, up with yeah, all these yeah, other ideas. Exactly. And then it goes, well, <laughs> Bad idea. that, you know, then there, yeah. mm -hmm. but, I, you know, I but you know, but I realized that uh, as I was going through these pitches and stuff, I realized that my strength was being a practical planner, you know, because mm -hmm. there were lots of people that were giving these luxury ideas, these yes. unique ideas and my, and, and my responses are very practical. Like these people are love that. Right. And, and I find that the more practical they are, the more like, like there's one that I'm actually writing for you about like the, the things people forget about doing an outdoor wedding. And I, Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. That's yeah, a good that's, one that we're working on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, I talk about dirt in my, in my piece to yes. you, you know, about people forget about dirt. People forget about restrooms. People forget about, you know, that, that, that restroom experience as mm -hmm. lovely as that sounds, a lot of people make, kind of like their judgment about a wedding about how nice the the restroom is because and that mm -hmm. kind of stuck with me way back in my Hyatt days because we had a um, a bar mitzvah and one of the ladies came out and was like that restroom's disgusting I'm leaving <laughs> I was like okay you gotta remember those things yeah and so sometimes the practical and unsexy are actually the most productive ways to get into PR you know my my press for myself it, I don't talk a lot about how to get into uh, getting to Vogue is great. Getting Harper's Bar is great. But if there's more practical ways to go about things like that's going to be more productive for the audience, that's, that's yeah. my route as well. So I get that. Mm -hmm. well, I think that all, and I mean, we've talked, we said New York times multiple times, like name drop, name drop, name drop, but honestly, that's one to drop it, though. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, it's, it's those other things because when somebody, uh, research says, you know, finds me on the knot and then does a Google search, Keith Willard events, I want yes. all those things to show up. You know, mm -hmm. I want the, all those articles and all those websites to show up because it says, oh, he's he's known as an expert. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you if I'm, I'm actually an expert. I can tell you that, you know, I've written some great stuff that I feel is practical. But still, that was my whole goal. And you said about setting goals. That was my mm -hmm. whole goal from the very beginning. It's Yeah, like, it's you know, well, like, I think. 
I think we can all assume right now, especially as we head into what, uh, you know, I really hope it's going to be a robust year for people. I really hope when news of vaccines and, you know, we're rescheduling and postponing and it's going to be this year is take the time now to set the stage and uh, leverage social proof. And social proof is, you know, things like testimonials, what have you, but it's also people quoting you, which builds up your expertise, like build that in now and, you know, do that while we're before we head into the busier times. So I'm going to ask, actually ask a question based on like Marcy's business, because, you know, Marcy okay. has an, an invitation uh, specialty business mm-hmm. that doesn't have like the same, like my business being a wedding planner has a lot of opportunity out there to, to respond to stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate for somebody like Marcy, who's been in the business for years and years and years to respond to some of these great pitches out there as an expert? Because she is. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things I get a lot when people are asking about wedding PR, right? They'll say one one of the pushbacks is the real weddings. And I'm like, that works for planners and venues and photographers and florists for in like event designers, not for everybody. But then on the other side, the insight, it is just natural that planners, I would say, and the venues are kind of the people who have most of the touch points. Everyone has a very integral role. So don't get me wrong. Everyone's important, but they all have, but these guys have the most touch points if it's a full service venue or really the planners. So they're probably going to chime in more often than not. It might be a little bit easier for them to chime in. Like it, it might, I don't want to say easier. It's easier for them to recognize how they can lend themselves to the article, but what I tell people all the time is, it's just an added step when it comes to invitations, uh, entertainment, photography, all of this. So if you get a general, okay, let's talk about the example of, it was about outdoor weddings, right? Like ins and outs of outdoor weddings and things like that. So if you're asking someone, that's an article we're writing right now for one of the IELTS Society uh, blogs, actually shout out to them. But, and we ask, and it's like, well, tell me about the outdoor stuff. Well, a planner is like, boom, 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 or venue. But then you've got a photographer who hopefully will chime in, may have to think for a second and say, how can I insert photography in this? Talk about the lighting. Talk about the lighting and what that's going to look at. Now, on the invitation stationary side, um, and then Marcy, I'd have to see if, they, but if you do the paper products the day of, you absolutely want to speak to how those are utilized. Like, do, do you need to be mindful of anything that's out with weather and things? You know, with a cake person, it's going to be the buttercream question, of course. You know, right. in July, why can't I have buttercream in July? It's like, you can. And wedding cake soup if you do that. Well, so, or you run it out for 15 minutes before and then run it back in. Yeah, but, run it out. Yeah, <laughs> but knowing it's to see it. Keep it you in know? the freezer. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Been there, done that. And so the question is, or this thing is, if you are in something that maybe isn't the most obvious, you have to take one extra step and say, how do I truly insert myself into this more general you know, what have you. And I think that's important because right. I get that pushback sometimes, understandably stationary photography, entertainment and predict- rentals. But I'm like, everyone has a place at the table. It's just, you have an added step to really have to ask yourself, how can I make this work? Well, and you know, Marcy, obviously I, I, I promote her constantly, not just for her uh, capabilities because it's incredible, but her etiquette, because she's kind of our yeah. etiquette specialist on here. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, and that's, that's to pay attention to. Absolutely. And there might be times where you have to look beyond the wedding stuff too, because right now uh, we're working, well, you've seen it, Keith, in the collective, but we were working with some really great lifestyle Friendsgiving, hosting Thanksgiving, social distancing of the holidays. And there's etiquette 
that comes out there too. There's some where they talk about, well, how do you, like, what's the etiquette with having people at your house and making sure they've tested like that? It gets complicated, but it, you know, things like that. Um, what's the etiquette for invitations that are for hybrid events or we've changed it or you were invited and now you're not because I can only have 10 people. Like, oh, it, you know, that's, that's actually, that's a good one. And we could do it. I mean, it's, it's the reality, right? It's the reality so, of the life we're in right now. And so well, that's, that's actually something I'm going through with a wedding right now because yeah. we're having to invite people and how do we go about doing that in a, in a politically correct way and, and not yeah. people feel bad, you know, exactly. and I haven't even asked Marcy this question yet. So Marcy, that's coming. So you got to noodle on that one, Marcy, but yeah, it's, the big thing is how do you insert yourself? And I've got to tell you, I, I myself, 12 years ago, almost, I started OFD. There were, there were very few people doing publicity. There was really one other company. You know, there's still not a lot. and But there was kind of marketing. You know, that was back in the day where some of the first people, you book more brides, Andy Ebon, all that. It was all marketing, 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 sales, marketing. So I had to insert PR and convince people that PR needed to have a place at the table in order to be on Wedding Wire's blog or they're not. And so people like Marcy will be doing the same sort of, you know, heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, Tyler, do you have a, a question for her? Well, I think most of my questions have been answered, but I have a, a let's take another twist on this. Yeah, um, I'm ready. Twist. Um, <laughs> so I've done a lot of weddings where the brides are very dynamic, great writers or hold great positions in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of them might be really great at promoting their wedding and their experience. What? And since most of our viewers are actually brides, what would you <laughs> suggest for brides to get involved in their own publicity of their own wedding Ooh, Tyler, and help us. You Good have question. no idea what a solid you've done for me right now, Tyler. Right. So I'm going to have to like $20 bill. I'm glad you asked. Well, first of all, um, let me just say first, uh, there has been an increased interest in couples who want to submit their own because a lot of them are stuck at home. I've, I've been a part of Facebook. Group. They're stuck at home and, um, you know, they have more time in their hands. They want to revisit that. It, it's it, what have you. You have to make sure, of course, that the vendors are okay with it. That's a very, that's a tough one. Right. But I actually, I can't believe like, I, I think I did this last time too, but now it's officially out. I haven't told anybody. So now I'm like, oh, I'm about to say man. something. Catch on your um, first kids. Oh my gosh, I it's an exclusive. But um, so it's live right now. But I do have some folks who are testing the waters with it. Just I, I slowly rolled it out, but it's going to be out like more out for Black Friday. But I own submitmywedding.com. And I've gotten, I have couples that have come to me saying, I want to submit my wedding. And I'm like, I'm not the one, I'm not representing, like, that's just a policy. We don't represent couples. We represent the the creative right. partners, you know, involved in it. And that's, I've never straight from that, you know, and, right. and I send them to somebody else. And so um, during this time, I thought, okay, I really need to like jump in. I've been sitting on this URL forever. So um, submit my wedding is actually live right now. Ah, and um, it's meant the, the first comment. <laughs> me neither. Well, now I'm like, man, he did a great job, like throwing that in there. So thanks, Tyler. But it's, so it's an education, basically. It's education based for it now for couples, but we're rolling out planner specific, florist specific. Like we actually have modules for 
all the different kinds who could submit events. But so what it does is it educates them essentially on. So to answer your question, if they're doing it without Submit My Wedding, what they're going to want to do is give thought to where they'd like to see it and have a conversation immediately with their photographer who owns the copyright of the photos 99% of the time. Make sure that the planner hasn't submitted it, come with a very collaborative side of things, and then start really thinking about, well, based on the look of the wedding, the details, the style of photography, where is it going to be a fit? Now, I'm going to tell you, Tyler, one of the biggest uphill battles we see with couples is, well, you can imagine, I was in venues, right? I did a great wedding. What if a publication turns it down? I'm going to be bummed out because of the work I put into it, right? And that's how you guys are going to feel. But if you're a couple and it's the best day of your life, or so you feel at the time, you're going to be really offended if you're not picked up, you know, because we have such rose tinted. What's more than rose tinted? glasses because that's where a couple would would be because of the emotional pull of their wedding. They're not going to spend like I do years of my life looking at weddings so they won't know. And so um, that's what they could do on their own. I will say with Submit My Wedding, we have literally a package for them where they download it and they immediately get me on a video for three minutes talking about the photographer relationship. And then they get a 70 minute tutorial They get a 14-page guide that's very robust. They get all of our templates and they get a publication grid that's literally, here's a list of 200 plus blogs and publications. We've researched all the links. This is how you do it. And so if they want to educate them, they can go in that way. There's a, they can do the heavy lifting on their own though. And that that's me saying they can DIY it. But the first thing they need to do is, is recognize contractually who owns the copyright, make sure they come at it with a collaborative heart so that we're not stepping on toes. Right. Because the worst thing you do is like have the wedding pitched one time there was this photographer where who shall remain nameless, who isn't watching this, who got very excited <laughs> and they pitched themselves to like the three local site, like magazines yeah. in their own city. And they got in all of them, including the cover. And it was everywhere. And the editors uh, were not happy. So you've got to you've got to be careful with that. Well, Tyler, just, thanks, though, man. You really just man. like that was a solid I didn't expect. <laughs> and that actually le- leads me to a couple of things because first of all, you know, when I like send out the questionnaire to my couples and say, look, I'm looking to get your wedding published. I loved it. And then they don't get picked. You know, I always preface that conversation at the very beginning. It's like, look, they get thousands of, you know, submissions. This mm-hmm. is a shot in the dark. I think you have a, a shot, but you know, be aware that it may not make it because the editor's eye is very different than. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I've got a whole page in my guide about what happens when you get rejected because it's it let's just put it out there i mean it's going to happen i mean yeah and the, and the other part of that is you know and i think this is where tyler was going with this also is celebrity weddings now i i've been lucky enough that that i've like you know michelle bateau who's an up-and-coming uh comedian that was just mm-hmm. on like incredible stuff that i did her wedding 10 years ago you know i still have the, those shots and stuff and she's been really lovely like she's gonna let me publicize it you know because now she's got a name but there's a lot of celebrities yeah, there that you're I can like, speak to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, absolutely not. You're not publishing. How do you how, how do you approach that? How do okay. you approach that, et cetera? Yeah. We've dealt with that. Not a ton though. I don't do a ton in the celebrity space. There, there are other people who do that more. And, and but I, I have some experience at that. And so there's a few different ways that you go with it, right? Because there's so many different types of celebrities, right? You've got someone who is like super famous and rightfully so there's an NDA and that's just the end of it. But hopefully you're being compensated more than fairly for your time and I'm you not. just <laughs> sob into your money and you're fine. Like, that's what I say. Like, I was like, you're fine. I paid you a billion dollars. Like, like, I'm not. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But typically there's a contractual agreement somewhere in there. And if you have someone at that total top tier, right? Like, I mean, if Brad Pitt got married, again, Brad Pitt's publicist is going to handle that. That's not going to be, but but what you're going to want to do in your contract, and of course, get with a lawyer to really talk about this, but you want to make sure that whether they put it on Instagram, whether they submit it to People Magazine, that they're going to be credited. And if you're right. doing a celebrity wedding, you have to recognize when you look at like a People Magazine, just to give an example, typically the photographer, of course, will be credited. They may mention the venue, maybe the planner. You're not going to see much more than that, though. So you have to be realistic. Like Marcy, I hate to say it, it's going to be a real hard press to get that mentioned. It's it's the nature of that business and the reality of it. That's why you just make sure you ask for a good amount of money. Like, you know, as if it's right. a lot of work and rightfully so um, with that. But then there's going to be this other tier of celebrity where maybe they don't want their publicist handling it or why don't you handle it? And that's where you might be able to get in with it. But here, like, I, I don't know how far you want me to get into the world of like celebrity weddings and all this, but just touch on it, but you know, yeah, just to touch on it is <laughs> you have to remember that it's all about exclusivity and it's potentially about pre-pitching people as well. So we did a celebrity wedding that was gorgeous and it was over the summer. We, um, and we talked to a couple of outlets about it and we were very clear about exclusivity. Everything had to run through the couple though, right? The actual celebrity here, you know, in the midst here. And some places will commit immediately. Yes, we want it. We want X, Y, and Z. Some places will have to see the photos first. So it's a little bit of a dance. And that's what we had to do. We had an early maybe, but then a definite yes after elsewhere. Um, but the one thing you have to remember is this. And just if you ever do anything of a person of note and you're in a position, because if it's an NDA, it's an NDA. But if it's, it, if it's on the table, you have to make sure the photographer is prepared to have three edited photos that night, period, from the typically at the ceremony, that that great shot is maybe when they're married and they're coming back down the aisle. That's a good place to get it where you get their faces because you, you don't want to be scooped. And so you need those immediately. Otherwise, the guests will sit there with their phones going bloop, 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 and, uh, and put, post them on Instagram, yeah, right? That, yeah, that happens. Then you have to make sure, and you need to get with it. Every outlet's going to be different, but I usually say if a photographer shooting on a Saturday night, I want, if the editor wants it, I want three images that night, period, edited, ready to go, blah. And then I would say some people within 24 hours, depending on the level, you need 30 images, diverse images from the wedding, fully edited. Some people you might be able to work a couple days off and have it by like Monday morning, but you have to have a quick edit on 30. And then for some of these outlets, like it, let's say it was a style me pretty brides.com. Maybe they want a hundred, but they're willing to give you like four days for it. So yeah, it's a dance. It's stressful really and is, wonderful. There's a big <laughs> win when you get it though. Like it's a, we got people and we were so excited about that. So we loved well, it. It was a beautiful wedding. Well, and you know, there's the, the what is it? Two bright lights? Is it two bright? bright uh, I don't know where my two, brain is. Two bright yeah, lights yeah. is a really great program for submitting. Uh, there's two bright lights, and there's also Matchology. We're members of both, and we have been since. Like we were original members of both, and and very loyal to both. Um, but when you're working with a celebrity, you pitch directly to the outlet. Like I found right. the celebrity editor, and if you you're smart about what you put in the subject line, and you say whose wedding it is, they're going to get back to you. You know, they read the subject lines. Interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. Marcy, you got a question? I did, actually. Um, when you're putting together, whether you're a bride and you want to try to promote yourself or yeah. you're an event planner or any other part of the industry, how is the best way to promote the uh, information? Is it going to be 
a short amount of information, a long amount of information? Oh, what is the, yeah. what are they expected to put forth? You mean for an event submission, maybe? Yeah, yeah like, okay. a, like a pitch. You know, like you're pitching. Okay. So the pitch, I, I've actually learned a lot. We we recently brought on Megan Acosta of Glamour and Grace blog, and she's full-time. Well, starting Monday with us, it's amazing. And she's doing all of our real wedding. Yeah, you guys, I'm sure, getting to know each other well. And so, um, and Megan it has really schooled me on keeping it short, but sweet. You know, keep it to two to three, but she'd probably say two brief paragraphs of the highlights, you know, go ahead and focus on what stood out on the day, any remarkable decor, styling points, moments. Um, of course, with a celebrity, you're going to go a little bit further into the story, right? Like how they right. met um, during this time of COVID and like the celebrity wedding that we we actually did, you talk a little bit about how things shifted because of COVID. People want that story. So that's why oh, yeah. I would contend, maybe you boost it to a third paragraph so that you can get in to that, but what aspects of it is going to make the most sense to share? What are the things that are going to be most interesting to readers and what aspects of the wedding, which is why it's hard when you are the couple, because a couple, everything probably seems fresh and different and new and inspiring. Obviously I'm more of a jaded publicist over here saying I've seen that before, but it's, I have an editorial. we have an editorial eye, you know, we all do. And so, but what stands out that could catch the attention? Like what did they do? differently. You know, right. we had this wonderful submission that Moxie Bright Events did. I went to Martha Stewart Weddings and it had a yes within an hour. And wow. what was amazing was her theme. The couple theme was Black Love Stories. And it was a sight. It was beautiful, well executed. You had pictures of the Obamas on one page. Like it was just styled so well and so beautiful and so meaningful, and especially given in the times we were in. And yeah. so we did focus on that amazing theme. Um, and it came with, of course, a gorgeous detailed day and it came with beautiful photos. So it's the full package, but you have to determine like what's going to stand out from the event that you truly feel will add value to a publication. Well, and, and we have a, a local wedding planner, Jamie Lipman with absolute events, a little shout out to her because she's incredible. And her wedding was like blacks and dark maroons. And I was, it was incredible visually. It was just incredible. And, and it would be something that I would want to see because it's not the norm. Like how do you make these dark colors become sexy and, and romantic? Yeah. And she exactly spot on man. When I was yeah. told no a few weeks ago, if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, spot on. And you know, that was the kind of stuff that you, you know, as an event planner, I get, mm -hmm. I get excited about seeing somebody else. Absolutely. Successful and thing is incredible. Well, Keith, you bring it up. You said that's what gets me excited. So then I would challenge. That's great. That's a good like test. And then I would in barometer. And then I would ask people, what's is that going to get other people excited? And oftentimes the answer is yes. And if it's not, then you figure out what the other angle is. I'm a heartbreaker. I poke holes in everything. And I'm like, that's not interesting, but you think it is. That's not it. You know, I just, be, but people, I think, hire me. People don't hire me to blow smoke. Uh, you know, well, they, they want to know what's realistic. You know, you don't need to be a yes person. And the no. Thing is that, you know, and that, and us as event professionals, we do the same thing with our clients is that we don't sugarcoat stuff. Like this is the same. reality of event planning. This is the, this is the things that you're going to deal with. And, and it's stressful. This is a stressful yeah. You know, it goes from my venue days. Yeah. Right. I, I was a no person. Right. <laughs> and so, so, and let's talk about COVID awesome because you brought that up, you know, I do. Uh, do we run the danger of, of timing ourselves? Uh, what am I trying to say of dating ourselves? If we bring COVID into the conversation now that we're starting to think about like the next thing. Sure. Well, that's a great question. Every state is going to be different, right? There are some right. states like California's on lockdown. 
Alabama, I feel like feels like it's not happening. Like COVID's not happening. Like it's just so right. we get our de- and that's not a hit on states. It's the reality, and I stand by right. that statement. Yeah, you know, and and I understand that. I mean, I'm in a state, Virginia, right now, where our numbers are the worst they've ever been, and they're trying to send our kids back to school. So, like everyone's reality and perceptions are different. But if you look at the statistics, we are in the middle of COVID, and we will be for the foreseeable future. So the content is still relevant. And so for event submissions, I am seeing editors say, yes, I do want your COVID weddings. I want to see how they shifted. I want to see the style and design and great photos. Don't hesitate to send that in. And I can't speak on behalf of the editors of the world, but if they have 60 days of content lined up, but then a great COVID wedding comes in that's timely, they're going to fit that in now and push a couple things back that are more evergreen. And I, I do see for the foreseeable future, you're going to see a mix of evergreen content versus COVID still. It's going to be a good, I, Keith, you've probably seen the collective. It's probably 75% evergreen now and 25% yeah. COVID. So there's still room at the table because there's still people navigating and the scientific numbers show us that they're not, it's not going away. So we should still be talking about it. And actually the only reason I brought it up is because, you know, we've, we did two shows, shows about wedding planning and stress during the age of COVID. And, and the shows actually covered just a lot about what stress with wedding planning. And as I was thinking about like the future of the shows, and if somebody wants to listen to it, like, let's say six months down the road, does Mm -hmm. the title date the material? That's a great question. So when it comes to podcasts, I have found, again, anecdotally speaking, a lot of the, because we pitch to easily 30 to 40 different wedding industry related podcasts and shit, like all the different things, right? Different aspects and stuff. And we know that most of them want evergreen content at this point because of exactly what you're saying. Because if you think about it, if a blog is putting out content every single day, it doesn't hurt to have a COVID wedding. But for you, where people, the consumer goes back and listens, you're going to want more evergreen content. Yeah. What makes a good guest? Yeah. What makes good guests? Yeah. What makes what, you know, because you talk about podcasts and obviously yeah. all of us are starting to do more podcasts in our little group here, you know, we've been on the, the hosting side of it, which is very different, obviously. Yeah. And, and now, like I, I was just recently on a guest on ask, uh, ask Sharif, which is an awesome podcast, by the way, if you're, if Yay. you're out there listening. I always love adding to my, to my list. So thank you. Yeah, Ash Sharif. She's she, it, like today she had some incredible guests on and, and but again, what makes a good guest? If you're if you're a wedding planner and you're asked to come on to a podcast, what things mm-hmm. should you keep in mind as, as a That's guest? a great question. I'm going to do it in two parts. The first part is, well, most of the time people will have to pitch to a podcast. You're going to see less so being asked unless there's like a pre-existing relationship. So part one is doing the research, listening to the podcast. Do they have guests regularly? What have they covered and what have they not? How can you lend to the conversation without repeating content they've had? You've got to have an honest conversation with yourselves about, you know, the chemistry there. Do you listen to them and think, oh, this is too improv. This is too stuffy. Like, don't pitch yourself to something that you think won't be in line with personality. So that that's part one. But let's say you've, you've jumped over that and you've listened and you've agreed to, you, you know, what have you. A few things you're going to do. One is you want to make sure you anticipate what their needs are for promotion. You want to make sure you have a bio, logo, headshot, all your URLs at the ready, right? And actually, you know that, Keith, because now that we're booking with you, we're sending you a one sheet of our clients, or we will be, right? Right. So we anticipate what you're going to need, and we send it to you. Um, Ask them if they're, you know, say, and listen, say, hey, would you, and we did this with you, actually, do you want some suggested questions or you guys, because some places 
they do all their own research. Some places are more off the cuff, but other people like Keith, you said, Hey, yeah, I'll grab them. Like, because some of these things, like, you know, you talked about bringing Christy Osborne on from outside media. Her expertise is so, so specific that it would benefit that you have questions from her. And so they provide those things. And I can work those questions in. That's the nice thing. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, to really go ahead ahead of time, you know, if you're not familiar with podcasts, don't be cocky about it. Ask for a test run on the, on it. Like you came to me for the first time and said, I want to come on. And I think it was like, a bunch of minutes early the first time. And I said, well, I've used StreamYard. Can we meet in the middle? Cause of my schedule at 10 or 15 minutes out. And this time we did it with five minutes to go, but they need to be willing to give a little. And finally, they need to know that they need a quiet room. They need to have great Wi-Fi and frankly, great equipment. Like if you're doing this as a one-off, that's great. But I purposely bought a great camera because we're in the pandemic and I needed one. I have my Yeti mic. Um, I have these fun things on today um, because I just felt it drowned out the noise and, and whatever. It matched my shirt. So I did it. Um, but, you know, they need to have the right equipment. Yeah. So you want someone who's been engaging on time. Um, and just understands the like how the show runs. I don't want them surprised by like, oh, I didn't know you were going to ask me my favorite book. And they're like, I sent you the question and told you we always ask this. So that's that's right. what it's all about. It's a laundry list, but it can be done. So listen, I'm yeah. shot in the wide today and I haven't for how many episodes? So I'm <laughs> controversial, but yet brave. So, but yes. but your eye makeup is flawless, and as soon as I know, you came it? on, I was Amazing. like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I have Keith my little lippy today." Thirty, ask him what I looked like then. Oh my god! <laughs> Rolled right out of bed. I threw That's the lippy well, on, but I saw the eyes, and I went, "Oh, I wish I had two minutes." Like, I, you just you look great. So <laughs> thank you. This is for you. I, I knew New York Times got canceled, so this was solely for you, mostly for me. But so <laughs> the lashes are always for Marcy. What's for me? Times New York Times didn't actually cancel television. Though. <laughs> oh. yeah. So just FYI, New York Times didn't uh, didn't cancel. We rescheduled them for December eighth. Pardon me, yeah, yeah, because of the elections. Obviously, the elections, the elections took longer. Yeah, so, it changes the news yeah, cycle. So, yes, yeah, so, and uh, Nicole with New York Times will be with us on December eighth. But future guests, can you give us a little a little breakdown? Because I've got three guests that are booked through you that are going to be on behind the veil over the next, I guess, sixty days. You know, Emily Sullivan. You know, yes. it's going to be on. Can you tell us a little bit about Emily and like what makes her special and why? Is she, you Absolutely. Know, why is she... Oh gosh, I could sing everybody's uh, uh, praises here. So Emily Sullivan, what you need to know is that she's been my, I've known her for like almost a decade. I love her. And so Emily Sullivan, you guys will get along very well. She's very no nonsense. She makes things beautiful, but she gets to the point. She's got that practical side, that get it done side. Um, she's based in New Orleans, leading yeah. destination wedding planner down there. And she'll be coming, isn't she talking micro weddings? So that, and you have to remind me on these, but, um, and so Emily started doing, I know everyone's like, Oh, micro weddings, that's all the rage. Well, Emily's been doing it for over four years. So she found this opportunity in her market. I remember, I mean, we've been friends, but we've worked together for forever. And she came to me and was like, I'm seeing more people want to do destination weddings. You know, I'm seeing more people do destination weddings on weekdays. And like, what do you think? And so she, and she went for it, intimate weddings and she's killed it. Like, I'm just so proud of everything that she's done, you know, when she's come to that. And so Emily's just got a great heart and she's very giving of her information. So I know a lot of people talk about micro weddings and like the sexy side of micro weddings, but if you guys went on here and asked her, all the practical questions that people should know. She's going to be the one to do it. She's actually speaking at Wedding MBA digitally this week about it as well. So you're in for a treat. 
Well, and the reason I, I, I brought her up because, and this leads back to PR, you know, Emily had to start somewhere. Obviously she wasn't always a speaker. She didn't come out yeah. of speaking engagements. How does somebody get to that point? How, you know, if you're, if you're somebody, oh my like, gosh, she had like the Brooke, story. Like you know, yeah. how do you, how do you call my name? Step? Uh, so Emily you know, came to me. She's gonna be. She's gonna go. I can't believe you're supposed to. I was speaking at TSC like eight or nine years ago, and she came up to me and handout very like you know. She's like, my name is Emily, and I built up my business really big, and then I decided this isn't what I wanted, so I fired everyone. I get rid of my storefront, and I'm starting over. And I'm like, you're fascinating, and that's like literally the first. I've only known you ten seconds. Um, so we got to know each other. And we started incrementally. And then we saw that, you know, and she, she enjoyed educating. She, you know, you, cause you start small, right? You start with panels and you start with pocket. Like you just start with those things. She had a natural knack. She'd already done TV a ton on her own accord. She was just an, it was a natural step. So we started pitching her to some things and people really loved her. And I'll never forget, like when you look back, not to be all gushy about it, it, it she's going to roll her eyes. I'm sure at me, but if she heard this, hopefully she didn't hear it, but you know, she, and she did well for years, but there was a turning point several years ago at Wedding MBA where she hit her stride and I was in the room to see it. And that's literally one of the, my favorite moments of my career. It always will be where she was up on stage and she started really embracing a storytelling approach. And then she just, it was like, the, she's got it. Like she's been good, but now she's really excellent. And so, yeah, she's just, um, we've worked with her for years and she's a hard worker and, you know, being, she's a single mom who will, who does a great job balancing work and home and she'll hit the road when she needs to. And, you know, she'll do these things. And so it's, she's chipped away at it for many years. I have a great deal of respect and I just adore her. I mean, literally spring break last year, I went to visit, my whole family went to visit her in New Orleans. That's how much I like her. I mean, okay, New Orleans. Hello. I mean, I know, a- but her, like, she and her family. I just love them so much. So, <laughs> well, you know, and that's in, and that kind of leads me to the next thing is like, you know, what makes a, a what makes a good speaker when because I find that when I speak to groups, you know, having a personal one on one, giving personal stories, giving that yeah. insight helps me but you know again if if you're like a marcy or broker tyler because we're all in this beginning stage we're all yeah. starting to get into our, our pr groove you know how do you get to a point that you feel comfortable on stage what are the kind of like you know yeah no that's great you start incrementally right you start incrementally and you start with just learning to talk about like here being on podcasts, being interviewed on podcasts, doing Facebook lives, um, you know, doing, starting to find opportunities to sit on panels is a great way. Um, I would tell people, find speakers you admire and watch them on stage. Now, right now, again, pushing wedding MBA for a second, it's digitally right now. You can access if you, as many people do, I think the world of Alan Berg, he's an amazing speaker. Um, If that's your jam, watch him, but with a critical eye and say, what makes him so great on stage? What makes, you know, whomever so great on stage and start to, you don't want to adopt exactly what they're doing, but start watching people. David Crusoe, uh, the, uh, he's wonderful on stage so, and see the, what the themes are there for those people. You know, some people do Toastmasters, some people do their own continuing education, which is great, but I say start incrementally and you're going to find over time what makes you on stage. For me, I somehow inject humor. I don't know where it comes from. I try not to be too hardy hard, but like, that's kind of a thing I've watched myself kind of evolve over time. And I start to leverage that more. So everyone's a little bit different. I take a storytelling approach. People like that. So you yourself will find 
things that people respond to, and then you start working on it. But it takes a great deal of work to get. I mean, Emily's been doing this eight years. You know, I've been doing it 12, 14 years, I would say. So, and if, yeah. they're, and if they're not a good storyteller, what other approaches would be best off to handle? I mean, like, yeah, you know, some people just aren't a storyteller. Is there, um, you know, in, they're more informative and they're more uh, Absolutely. educational. So you can go on yeah. a stage and because not everyone is on that. Like, for example, I'm not inspirational. I'm just going to say I don't go on stage and inspire. I'm there to inform and I use storytelling. But other people might have very dynamic case studies. They have made have I know statistics don't sound sexy, but it's the way you present it. If you've got that energy on stage, you know, if you've got the, you know, you take the time to have some really great branded slides, you know, you find other ways to present, you bring in great video and things along those lines. As long as you're engaging and you find ways to connect to the next audience, to that audience, that's how you're going to do it. But believe it or not, it's a lot of, and Marcy, I would also contend too. I mean, you of course have been to many events over the years and you and I both been involved with these for years. Keep in mind you being on stage is a big part of it, but I would also contend it's the cocktail hour ahead of time where you're meeting people in the room and you're engaging and asking questions and the follow-up after and the Q and a, like all of that is a big package. So it's not just being on stage, but <clears throat> statistics, how you present them, can be engaging to the audience, you know, and that that works as well. Yeah. How about you, Tyler? Got a follow up question for that? He's like, no. <laughs> I mean, like, we can oh. talk about cocktail. I, I just, I just disagree. Yeah, that you're not, hours I think you're very, I think you're very inspirational. Um, just watching you, how you're doing this has been has been learning for me personally. Um, for well, sure. because you you feel very natural, Megan. When we talk to you, yeah, I feel yeah. like we've been your best friend mm -hmm. for like. Oh, yeah. Listen, the first episode, I was like, Keith and I spoke. Oh yeah, I, I felt like you and I had a good thing going. How many, how many <laughs> plugs she did, and I was just like, oh, she is the best because I think there was like twenty six plugs in like fourteen seconds. I was like, uh, Ooh, I, was like, I didn't overdo it though. No, I try not to. No, <laughs> no it was my it lashes were curled all by themselves. Oh, you're you, so sweet. You, you know, my yes. concern today, y'all, was I had a lot of coffee this morning, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I should not have done that I've because that my, my like clip this. is so oh, much no. faster. But the thing is, it, some funny. people are. I take after my dad. My dad is naturally wonderful on stage. He's a great presenter. He's got a great personality. I take after like that comfort level on stage that's not everybody to start but you can incrementally work to that I've seen people do like I said Emily's always been great on stage but once Emily found that the storytelling approach was the way to go right I mean she killed it she kills it every time so so I think mm -hmm. so I have a question podcast or web show what what because you know we started off as yeah. a, a Facebook live show, and now we're converting over to podcasting. So that's a completely different. Audience. Yeah, it's a different format. Um, I think yeah. it's different strokes for different folks. I mean, do you mean in terms of pitching to them, or do you mean being a no, part of them? You know, just because obviously, you know, a lot of the because we're going to go back to the PR ideas that yeah, know, this is just starting to get your name out there and just the sure. talking. You know. Do you feel like the world of podcast is an easier world to get I, into or do you feel I like think podcasts are consumed more often than web shows. I have no statistics to back that, but I feel in our industry cuz a podcast you can listen to in the car. You can listen to while you're driving, you're traveling, what have you, but but it takes more like video is huge and I know that. Like I get that podcasts but, you don't get this. So. But podcasts, you know I mean? yeah, I know. I well no, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> like from your lips. Absolutely. But but I would say when it comes to getting your name out there versus starting a web show versus starting a podcast, I would say a podcast is probably going to open more doors for you early on, you know, but you bring up good point, Brooke, too, is that a web show will absolutely be able to showcase things that people don't normally get to see as well. Well, and, you know, Brooke, I was just actually telling Brooke today because she decorated her place, uh, you know, in Christmas and some of the stuff she just came up with was honestly brilliant. And so I said, you know, why don't you do a live feed of what you're doing here? Because, you know, she took everyday things that you can find at, you know, a a regular store and dress them up. Did them in a way that I smoke that. and mirrors drags, baby. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. well, that's what you said. Yeah. Smoke when I impressed Keith when he walked in, he's like, I'm that's a girl. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, we're gonna do, I'm gonna be done in a few days and then we'll do a to chat and good. I'll do a thing. So, Yay. oh, good, because I really think that, but you know, if you're just a human being out there, a person that's out there, and let's say that you work for a Hyatt or a Hilton mm-hmm. and you're the, the catering manager or director of catering, it first of all, do you think PRs it can be done on that level? And you know, what are some things that people need to watch out for? I know that if I was Ritz Carlton and I was representing Ritz Carlton, there's a whole bunch of legal. Yeah, I was going to say through, it's but. almost I don't want to like I don't want to turn this down. But like as someone who worked in hotels, you, you have to let the person who's the publicist for the property handle that. That is to just if you there are a lot of benefits for working for a property. I used to get health insurance covered by them. They would pay you every two weeks. Like it's a pretty good deal when you're doing, when you're working (laughs) for somebody else. Right. But you cannot be almost ever the spokesperson unless you were a boutique hotel that doesn't have the rules and regulate, you know, places like Marriott, uh, Ritz Carlton. I worked at the Jefferson hotel in Richmond. We were never quoted in anything because that's being handled by the higher ups. You know what I mean? Right. So there's no opportunity there, unfortunately. And even if you and I and I'm going to guess on this a little bit, but even when it comes to your own personal branding, and if you want to go do podcast episodes, you would have to ask a lot of people and agree to a lot of things. And I think most wouldn't be keen on it because you know podcasts you can't control every question being asked at you. I mean, you could, but it's hard. So. It's just, yeah, it's just not a five. So, you know, yeah. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next seven (laughs) minutes, right? (laughs) Yeah. The last seven minutes is the best part of the show. The best part of it. And so, yeah. it's not a priority for the individual working for them. You you let the publicity team. And there's pros and cons to that, of course, right? If you're someone who wants to have more of a hand in it, then you have to ask yourself whether that's the right fit for you. But there's a lot of reasons to keep a job other than, you know what I mean? You just be going to be realistic about what makes sense. What's the number one mistake people make? With one? press? Um, I would say number pitching one. blindly. You're not, you, I'm like, do you mean in life? Um, <laughs> I'm not wearing a mask. You know, what, what's yeah. number one? It's pitching blindly. Not taking tip. People think that PR, you just have this megaphone and you're pitch, pitch, pitching all the time. But it's really, it's understanding. You don't pitch a podcast without listening to what Keith has covered. Like, you don't have to, I would love for someone to listen to all 30 of these, right? But even if they get a better feel of it ahead of time and not pitch, well, I'd love to do publicity. You're like, hello, Megan Ely did that. Well, she's done it twice at this point. Why would you pitch that? That's a mistake people make. They pitch things or they'll pitch something to someone where it has, like maybe they would pitch to you, Keith. Um, I'm just making this up, but I'm the leading bar and bat mitzvah, whatever. And you're like, well, it's behind the veil. It's not, 
right. it makes sense. Like, how do you mix those two together? And so making sure right. you're pitching appropriately. People do that all the time. It drives people crazy. So that was my question that oh, I was right. trying to <clears throat> jump in here with is how do you find your audience when you got a passion and you got a subject and you got something yeah. you really want to speak about? That's a great question. How do you find the right audience? How do you pitch to the right people? Absolutely. So first and foremost, you, first to know the audience, you need to get that out to. Usually you can answer, right? Your engaged couples, engaged couples in Florida, my peers, um, planners in a position to refer business to me. So you, you know, you answer that first. And then the question is, what media are they consuming? Because that's where I need to go. And so sometimes it's a matter of asking customers, uh, colleagues off the cuff, running some searches on Google. You know, our couples, if it's couples, it's brides.com, Matthew Stewart Weddings, it's The Knot, it's uh, I, I, Wedding Wire. You know, those guys are, of course, confined now. If it's um, B2B, it's going to be special events, Cater Source, Wedding Planner Magazine. I mean, there's a million of all of them, right? Um, and you get more specific as you go. And from there, once you've narrowed down, this is my audience. This is the media that they're they're consuming. And let's say you've got tell your set you said, what if you've got a great idea? Then you go to these sites, you go to Martha, you go to Brides, you go to any of these places that have articles and start typing in some keywords. Maybe you and Tyler are making this up. Maybe it's rentals, maybe it's destination weddings. You type in destination weddings and you find the common denominator. Who are the writers assigned to that beat? Who talks about style, decor, trends? gift guides, whatever that is, you find that writer, you take time to get to know what they write about. And that's who you pitch. That's how you do it. It's a lot of steps, but you get there. Megan, I know that you have like the next thing that you got to go to like right after this. So we'll, mm -hmm. we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. So I just want to say thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Sites with us. By the way, if you look on the screen, if you go to OFDconsulting.com backslash behind dash the dash veil dash. <laughs> Um, you will get um, a list of all the things that we talked about on this episode and Very the previous episode. Yep. So, you know, check that out. You definitely want to go check it out. And, and again, I can't thank you enough. We have some great, great um, future guests that are coming. Yeah. You've got Dixie and Renee so and Emily. I'm so excited. So we have too, because they have some really great stuff. And then of course that we also have Karen Lee, the owner of, uh, wedding Expo that's coming on, and as well as Sandy, the uh, CFO of All Seated, is actually already booked for this show over the next uh, 60 days. So it's going to be incredible. But uh, I just, again, want to say thank you so much for being a part of it. And if you're watching this live, go to our YouTube channel, Keith Willard Events, backslash, I don't know why the backslash is thing, but it is. Um, or you can find us on iTunes or Spotify or Pandora. Just look for Behind the Veil with Keith Willard, you know, we're one of 550,000 podcasts out there. So, the <laughs> have the, the But we are the best wedding podcast of 2020. Yes. <laughs> we won the top wedding podcast of 2020. Thank you. Yeah, congrats. That's awesome. I saw that. Like, incredible. So, again, thank you, Marcy Gutenberg with Unfair to Remember, Tyler Black with Cache Events, of course, the always gorgeous Brooke Logan Stoner, and Megan Ely with OFD Consulting. You were amazing. Thank you thank guys you. so much. You guys are wonderful. You have a great day. Take care. Thank you. Happy Thursday, everyone. <laughs>